0: Hello, welcome to the Honest World Game, I'm your host Rob, welcome to a very special show today uh, on the Stream Street. I'm joined by two wonderful people, in the top right you can see Big Sean, woohoo, hey Sean.
1: Kia ora bud, how's it going?
0: Yeah, great, great, key aura. Uh, Is that right? Have I I said that right? Have I nailed it. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, you've got it, key aura, depending on how white you are. Very, very,
0: (laughs) no spice white. Is by marked by the chicken white. And in the bottom left-hand corner, uh, his camera is uh, currently locked away in a cave's uh, uh, in a troll's cave, so he can't get access to it. Uh, is Tubbsy? Tubbs?
2: Oi. Fuck He's you, know so it, bro, what's what's going head on.
0: on. <laughs> Nothing's going on. Uh, I'm talking to you, <laughs> two and I'm really excited about it. Uh, so um, we're going to be talking today about the New Zealand's Masters. Uh, which, Sean has won, spoiler alert, yeah, Um, and we're going to talk about Masters in general, and at the end of the show, I'm going to be asking these two about how we feel about the new craggy points, we've seen the new uh, croak war scroll, that sort of stuff, Uh, we're talking about that. I just want to thank everyone for joining us live, I want to thank... everyone on the podcast for being a hydro homie and i want to thank all those youtube thugs all the youtube princesses whatever they want to call themselves uh today uh right first off uh i'm going to start i'll go backwards so we can go to celebration man tubsy how you been what's going on
2: i've been fantastic bro just pumping my boy up for the last couple of weeks it's been fucking amazing <laughs> <laughs> uh well yeah
0: sean how have you been you been good big sean
2: yeah i've been good mate
1: i've been good thanks um you know, following winning Masters has been pretty awesome, but I just want to um, quickly bring your – well, not so much your attention, but specifically wow. a guest that you had on last week, ago. guy who goes by the name of Samuel, Samuel Morgan. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, he was talking
1: That's some cool. shit about winning New Zealand's biggest tournament for a dead game that no one plays and Europeans write fan fiction about, Ooh. where I'm sitting here with the hardware of, you know, one of your four jewel trophies from Sydney GC and <laughs> the Anzac Cup, Samuel. So what I would say is – um put up or shut up bro and you know come over here and and win some events if you're if you're talking about oh back in your day you know you fucking boomer so (laughs) (laughs) you know no one cares about warhammer
2: fantasy mate we're playing age of sigma
1: well
2: anyway um, sorry how many australian wins are on that nzac and oh yeah good question how many times have australia can, just versus
1: hold those zealand... up to the
2: screen can we see yeah. yeah
1: so i haven't actually got them engraved yet there's one that's engraved which is new zealand and there's going to be another one which is going to be new zealand as well
2: yeah
1: and i might as well just go ahead and put the next one in as new zealand as well just sort of free pay. you know we're, we're building a dynasty rob over here in new zealand <laughs> so it's
0: true. it's true i talk about the show all the time uh yeah man like, even that's, that's what Ken we're doing Con got taken away the biggest event in yeah, the world. Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, he's went, probably, possibly yeah, the best player in the, the, world, best player the
1: world. Oh, objectively the best player in the world, I'd say. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: uh, won the biggest event in the world to date. So, yes, I would argue unarguable, uh, but that's how unarguable works. More on that on another show, on how the word arguable as a prefix works. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I mean, I've seen Jimmy play and I think he's phenomenal. And I've also listened to both you two talk about Age Sigma, Sigmar. And I think you've got... Uh, like in a keen eye, probably keener even than me. Um, and I, I love hearing you guys talk about it and the passion. I've had you both on the show before, which has been wonderful. Uh, thank you. And it's great to have you back again. So, um, can we jump into first off, like this? Can we talk about the Masters for people who might be new? People who might be new? Could you explain what like a Masters series is or what a Masters event is? Uh,
1: yeah, Tubby, do you want to take it away since you're on the, the old boys committee?
2: <laughs> we're uh, yeah. a bit more
1: involved in it than i was
2: yeah yeah i guess so so over the course of uh like i guess the warhammer season which is normally yearly uh there's amount of points allocated to your placing in, in a tournament and it's country wide uh i think it's capped at 22 players gets you max points uh it doesn't really matter if it's a 2k event or if it's 1k event you can get in there either either uh and capped at 300 points total, taking the best out of your best three tournaments. So um, what it does is it puts you in a ranking, and then the top 14 players get invited to Masters. This year it was a bigger Masters season, so I think it was about 18 months rather than 12 months, Mm. uh, and we ended up with 14 players at Masters, so that's pretty good. Uh, Most of the time, obviously, people have commitments and they can't make it, but... This was a pretty good outcome this year, and we managed to get a lot of the uh, a lot of the top players up, especially because a lot of the top players seem to be from from Wellington. Just just jabbing that one out there, uh, getting them to travel up was 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 fucking awesome. So uh, somewhere between the top 14 to to 30 players get invites depending on drops, uh, and yeah, we get together and uh, see who's the best player in the country that year
0: yeah okay well so there's some questions in the chat what happens if more than 14 people have max scores for instance is there a system for that
2: I don't know if that would ever possibly happen I don't think anyone's ever hit 300 points exactly uh in in New Zealand so realistically if it started pushing to that point if events started getting that big I would just start raising the cap on events so rather than being a 22 player event gets you 100 points maybe we'll move it up to 40 player event it uh, gets you a hundred points, so realistically, you're never gonna you're never gonna tap that one out.
0: Yeah, well, so there's masters events pretty much all over the world. Some countries don't have them, and some countries do. Um we we we've had them in the UK. One of the interesting things about making an eighteen month bracket was there a decision to try and key it in with we normally get these these summer updates, right? We know eighty Sigma Three is is weeks away. The unboxings tomorrow, for instance, uh, and then we know um, that like uh, like. Our one was always run, like, so the one in England slash the UK, but I think England specifically, because I think all the others, Scotland definitely have their own, Wales don't, Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland have their own. Um, so, uh, thanks to, oh my fucking God, Tarquin X for donating £54 to the show. That's fucking unbelievably nice. Well, it's not, it threw me <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh,
1: fuck. Yes, Rob, you're eating dinner tonight. Let's go. <laughs>
0: fucking roll it em boys. <laughs> go oh, in just <laughs> oh, just hoping for a fucking fan in the office at this point. Um uh, okay. Yeah, Tarkonex, man. I don't wanna derail the show, but it's hard for me not to see the money. Oh, show. he's
1: he's on a roll. He's on a roll.
0: Yeah, I think he's a travesty that the second best AOS analyst and only second best because Ho is hey, my spirit animal. That's fair. That's fair. He he's pretty cool. It is broke, so here's some of my allowance for the fortnight. Thanks, Tarkonex that's really sweet of you thank you um and thanks for ah, right okay i was a- i was asking a really good question where was that going about fuck me the uh, I the cycle timing yeah could you mention about the timing
2: yeah so previously masters uh the previous three masters had all fallen just before christmas uh and something we were finding with that is one it's closer to christmas so people you know have commitments and they can't travel or they're saving or or whatever and then the other thing is it seemed to happen like halfway between two editions you know like normally a GHB or a new additional drop sort of July-ish every year so you sort of get halfway between one GHB and another GHB or one edition and another edition so uh, we decided if we moved it back to just before the July you know sort of around the the, the May um, then we would dodge that whole issue uh but obviously with COVID and stuff, you know, changing it around a little bit, it was gonna be a very short season. Uh six month season, it ended up being an eighteen month season, which honestly I think was the uh the healthiest way to do it since most people couldn't play games. And judging by masters this year, it turned out to be a super competitive season, so it did really well for our scene.
0: Oh, that's good. Uh Big Sean, uh, as someone like competing in the masters setup, uh, do you feel like it's a little neater going between like that yearly update? Like what are your thoughts on it?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think it's better, because I feel like people have sort of honed their skills around the current meta and the current GHP, Uh, so I I feel like, you know, what Tubby has just said there, that it's sort of towards the end of the GHP cycle, instead of halfway through, and you're playing sort of one foot in one GHP and one foot in the other, or addition even, if there's a swap, Uh, so I I think it's the better way to go, to be honest, Uh, it feels like everyone's playing on the same field for like a good, you know, almost 12 months beforehand, and then... Masters is sort of like the cherry on top at the end of the season, I guess you'd say.
0: Yeah, like um, and I and I think it's it's quite a nice culmination for like a gaming season for players. Do you think <clears throat> do you think that there's anything uh, to the kind of criticism or thoughts at least that like it really befits it really benefits people who can attend a lot of events. It kind of feels like that that should be fair though, right? You attend a lot of events, you know, you give yourself more opportunities to win. Um, and then obviously you can make it into like a master cell. That seems like, that. Like, I don't think that anyone can really criticise that. I don't think, like. but I don't know if you guys have got any thoughts on it.
1: I mean, I think the people who want to be at masters are going to be the people who go to a lot of events. So I yeah. feel like it's probably just a bunch of like, you know, people playing a niche game and then competing in a niche way with inside of a niche. I don't know, measuring dicks against each other? It's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> whatever, sure. Like, if you're going to complain that someone went to a lot of events and had
2: a lot of opportunity to get into Masters, then, you know, I don't know.
1: They, they took it seriously and
2: they wanted to be there. So, yeah. it's. I think there was a good handful of the players that made it to Masters that only played three or four tournaments on the lead up, and then sort of the other 50% played, you know, eight tournaments or ten tournaments. So I guess it's a good indication of either player skill and you know what they get out of the few events they can play or um you know how into the game they are and how they're progressing and learning along the way of that master's season and that gets them into the event as well so i think it's i honestly don't think it matters
0: yeah i think that's fair i think that's fair uh, right so uh just to, just for this particular masters uh, just talk about who was running i know who was running the event but shout out to
2: jimmy jimmy the jimmy. page
0: mm-hmm
2: yeah cancon winner possibly the best player probably the best player
0: uh so my question is is it is it like a free event like or like is it like is it still like a ticketed event sort of situation because obviously someone has to put up like you know or is it like a community funded thing where some money goes in like every from like a group i don't really know how it works like for your thing yeah. your scene's very close knit.
1: Yeah, so it's a lot. It's a lot smaller. So it is a ticketed event, but it is invite only. So okay. there's still a venue. It's a, it's running out of a hobby store this year. So it travels, like because I know I think Ben in the UK just is like the overlord of it and just runs it all for the UK. Is that correct? Is that still happening? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, I don't know, what, I don't know like, what
0: the right word is. Dictator. Yeah, there's, there's all sorts of words. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, but here in New Zealand, it does travel around because geographically we are pretty spread. Uh, so it's in Auckland last year. I think it's in Wellington next year, which is where I am prized today. It was down in Christchurch, which, was, which is on a different island. Uh, and it sort of falls on like the local TO or the local club to to run it. So cost, there is a cost behind it. It varies depending on where you are having it. Um, like I think it was $50, $55 for us, which is, you know, not a lot, but we also got lunch both days. So it was sort of like, and we got store credit, but um, yeah. So it is ticketed, but it's invite only. So not not johnny Carnum lately can't just turn up and start pulling out his dollies can
0: people watch because i always think i always think the idea. absolutely watching, yeah people oh, can, can watch that's yeah. awesome that's like can. not
1: on the stream but they can definitely come down and have a look if that's what okay. you're referring to yeah
0: yeah yeah that's what because, i mean like
1: because no one over here has figured out a stream so yeah
0: <laughs> you don't have the greatest internet maybe maybe it's that who knows
1: uh, our internet's far better in australia um oh is it yeah, yeah. Australia's dog shit internet man. It's, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So just so you know, but just everyone's fucking lazy in this country no one wants to do streaming.
0: I'll hey, help. So. Like you, you us three will sort it out after the show. The uh okay, so <laughs> so lead, leading up to um leading up to the event, so you both competed in the event. Leading up to the event, what's it like knowing like most of, if not all of the players who are going to attend the Masters? I think that's one of the things that happens here in in the English Masters is like a lot of the players, they know each other. So they kind of know what maybe they will or they won't bring. Like it's similar to what's happening in the TSN, right? Like the ban phase activating against players when you know what they generally tend to bring. Um, and then like your list being a little bit like out there or or off the cuff like is that did that go into either of your thought processes Sean big Sean I'll ask you first like did it go into your thoughts like I want it always you're just like this is the list I'm I'm playing at the minute this is what I like
1: yeah so uh, to answer your question it's a bit of a yes no like I because I was in Auckland and there's a lot of Auckland local players I didn't actually know a lot of the player base like I knew names but I didn't really know what they had and I've seen prior armies that they had but I wasn't because of COVID, sort of fucked everything up, and we didn't travel for a year. Like internally, I didn't know what people had been working on or what armies had picked up, so I didn't know the majority of players. But I knew if I wanted to win Masters, I had to beat Mitch, who's a local Wellington player, who's playing Daughters. I had to beat Tubby, who's playing Ko, and I had to beat Bo, who's playing Idenf. So I had to sort of meter against those three armies specifically, because mm. I felt like in a field of fourteen, if I was going to win and go five zero, I'd have to play all of them, if not sort of. You know, at least two of them, um, yeah. which, spoilers, I did. But So I sort of prepared for them, hoping that they would set in a really high benchmark that any shortfall I had in my knowledge of the other players in their lists, it was hopefully at least my list was tested against what I considered the upper tier list at the event um, that I knew that was going. So a bit of a yes and a bit of a no. A bit of unknown, but still planning for what I knew. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, what about you, Tubbs? And also, thanks to yeah. Stu and Dudlife for subscribing. Big love.
2: Same bucket as Sean, man. Honestly, uh, the last uh, few years playing in Masters Tournaments, I've known pretty much what everyone's playing, because there hasn't been a lot of uh, Auckland or Christchurch players, or, you know, down south players coming. This year's a little bit different, being up in Auckland, so realistically, I knew half the field rather than the entire field, mm. um, which was a cool surprise, because you honestly couldn't take your list too hard, so um yeah, I took a little a, a few things in the list to to deal with guys like Mitch uh and and Bo. Who knows what Sean was honestly gonna play? That man flip flops like anything. <laughs> um <laughs> Tell you what, my DMs are just every day lead up to masters. Oh, I'm gonna play Archeon, oh, I'm gonna play Techless, oh oh no my, maybe I'll play Shootcast. So he's he's sort of lost scores trying to trying to tech against them, but <laughs> Is that a strategy, you think of his, or he just can't, he can't keep it. In? No, it's no, nah, he just can't keep it in. Yeah,
1: just can't make a decision for my life, bro. That's what it is.
0: <laughs>
2: well, so uh, yeah, oh, go on. Harder. Sorry, Tubs, after you carry on. It was a lot harder this year to um to to tick towards the list you expected to see. Uh, the one thing we expected to see both both Sean and myself for sure was was Zench, and we didn't see any, which was super weird. In all honesty,
0: I mean, because they're, they're right up there like they're so good to- yeah so good and several builds that are so good uh yeah. which like uh, yeah so uh, and little spoiler for later we will be seeing as each list in the super series this weekend uh so when i do the list show later at five and six on and you guys can check that out um yeah so uh big sean talk to me about what you finally did decide like after you'd flip flopped a thousand times you flip a coin would you go outside and like pray to the sky like for some some thoughts like how, what what made you settle on what you took and what did you take
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, so it was three f- options out of a corn Archion list, which is tons of fun for me and no fun for my opponent, where he just goes 29 inches across the board a turn guaranteed and double fights, which is great. But as soon as you kill a couple of key pieces, the whole army falls over. Uh, shoot cast, which is like essentially the one-drop shooting Stormcast list um, that, I, that I won Sydney GT with, just shout out, a couple of years ago prior to it being a 2,000-point army, anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, but, like, Tubby's army, the KO army's better than that army. They do exactly what that army does, but they do it better. So I couldn't take it because it relies on 18 wounds. So I took Luminef Lords in the end uh, because they were the wild card, I figured. I brought the army when the, the army was released. I played it about four or five times. I was like, it's boring as fuck. I had it and didn't play it ever again until about three, four weeks ago. Um, so I sort of did the Matt Terrell thing in the Australian Masters where I took a, a newish army that people had in practice against and then went rough shot over the rest of the tournament and went 5 which is great. So the Lumineth army is it's pretty basic because it's all the old shit that I own. Uh, so it's Teclis. It's a block of 20 Wardens, two blocks of 10 Wardens, uh, three times 10 Sentinels, and the Legion that mm-hmm. everything goes into with the Kefla. And then I've got three endless spells. I've got the endless, uh, I've got spell portal, of course, just because of the reach. Ooh. And then I've got Hishian twin stones, which could take or leave, to be honest. Uh, and then I have, Tubby, you got to help me out. The rune of petrification. petrification. Is, yeah. yeah, there we go. I always get that name wrong, which is just the best endless spell that the internet isn't talking about. Um, one of
0: the questions I want to ask you about and I also want to just ask you about it generally I'd like to throw my 10 cents in there first real quick because mm-hmm. I've been I've watched, well we've seen a lot of TTS games obviously because we haven't had uh, anything out in public for a while um, mm. and, that, and then I've also been seeing the Australian sort of meta and I've, I've never seen the, the Techless Oral and Legion build do great, it's done fine three twos. 2s mm. like, and then there's a lot of like. at one point I was like this army's incredible that's where I was at, I was like this army's incredible you just got to play it super well like that's where i was and then like two months later i was like well i think it's trash just get techless out and don't use him at all so like i really Hmm. want to ask you about number one the disposition because we probably will see this build generally go away with with uh battalions going away anyway but like what about like normally the disposition of like how many wardens how many centaurs go in your list like was it just what you had, or were you just like, "This is the the optimum build"? Like, why did you go for 20, 10, 10 and then thirty in tens of Sentinels first, and then I want to ask you a billion questions about tech list.
1: Yeah, so it's literally the models I own. Uh, to be honest, time. <laughs> yeah, I was Fuck. I was on a bit of a budget, so yeah, I'm I'm saving for a winning, so I'm not trying to spend money on Warhammer. Hey, congrats! Uh, I did I did toss up because I was cheers because I was thinking about putting more wardens in, but with the points. But I had it because I wanted the rune and I wanted the portal. Um, I was really confined by my points. And if I dropped the twin stones, because I'm playing Sire as well, I should say that I'm playing Sire. Mm. Um, I felt like I needed the twin stones for some of those eight to cast spells and seven to cast spells. You know, they aren't so reliable. Um, The army looks real fucking white bread. Honestly, you look at it and you're like, cool, there's a big demigod hero that does a lot of shit. Mm. And there's a bunch of bodies like it's not overly special but it's still 70 bodies of infantry which are natively one to hit as long as you keep them in shining company so you know not charging the rest of it um so that's still quite an overwhelming presence because when i got to the board a lot of people were like that's a lot of shit to kill and when they're around techless you know they ignore spells and four ups they have five up after saves and and the rest of it um it's it got better and better as the tournament went on uh, the 20 warden block, when it goes in, it fucks pretty hard um, mm. if they're doing mortal wounds on fives, if you have got the spells off, because it's 40 attacks and you're looking for mortals and fives. Uh, so the, the warden block was was really good, and I would prefer that over 20 sentinels because my 20 sentinels were real chip damage over the weekend. Yeah, They weren't sort of... Because I didn't have enough of them, and I never had sort of the perfect scenario where I could land and light something and then just nuke him with 27 shots from the 30 sentinels. Mm. Uh, whereas the Wardens, if the 20 block went in and hadn't been molested prior to, like, they went in on Tubby's guys, and they just deleted them, and they went in on um, Bo's Eels as well and did something pretty similar as well. So, yeah, it was literally the models I had and how do I make this work the best and how do I play around having those models in that setup. Um, yeah, and then Teklis just fucks so hard. Like, he just does whatever he wants, like, especially if you're playing against no magic. So I played four armies that had no magic, which is probably part to do with my success. But when you can just guarantee go into a game going, this guy's going to cast 20, assuming he's alive over five turns, he's going to cast 20 spells and he knows 22 unique spells. Like he can, my opponents are like, what spells is he now? I'm like, any spell you've ever thought of in your life, he can do. He can heal, he can teleport, he can make stuff, you know, WCP. He can make stuff ethereal. He can um, mortal wound bomb you. You know, he can make your bravery crap, et cetera, et cetera. He can make you roll on your bravery. So mm-hmm. it was um, it was a lot of bookkeeping with Teklis, but he's just, if you let him do what he wants and you don't just sort of push him out in the front of the board and because he's useless in combat. He's, he's got an all right combat profile, but he's consistently awful in combat. Uh, he, just, he can just do whatever he wants and then you can just dictate the game because, you know, in your turn you can guarantee assuming he's alive again you can guarantee do four things that are pretty unique you know you can teleport this unit over here or you can heal him if you want or you can make something ethereal or you can mortal wound bomb or you can just arcane bolt someone you know on a d3 mortal wound guarantee which is pretty handy or you can make that unit over there double movement or you can make that unit immune to battle shock you know, it's he's a super he's, interesting. Monster, he's so good.
2: Right? Because he's so he's so much different to those other super characters. Where the only thing you're restricted by with Tickless, I feel, is your own skill cap. Like he doesn't do, like he does spells well. Yes, you know, Matthew fucks hard doesn't die. The best part about Tickless is his flexibility and and in the fact that he just does things. And it's how well do you do that limited amount of things that he actually does.
0: Yeah like I think one of the things uh, for me when I kind of was going through my emotional roller coaster of how I felt about him in lists was great until I saw him up against some anti-magic which like Sean's saying like maybe playing like avoiding that was was super nice Um, like but when you have some like I I mean I think I saw like Seraphon generally just being board wide unbinds you know it kind of scares you a little bit I think I don't know Sean what do you think like uh, like, do you not find that the board-wide unbinds, or at least the ability for your opponent to shut down some spells, really kind of because how integral was the five-up DPR, like the the protection of techlist as an aura? How integral did you find that, or did you sometimes kind of use that to bait out some unbinds, or like what were your thoughts on that? Because I, I I find some players tend to find play really defensively around that. Is not not how you used it, or what was the situation?
1: Yeah, so. <laughs> Toby, i just saw your comment in chat i'm getting a bit hot <laughs> fuck yeah. you! And, and, and i, like, I pulled yeah, it off and i was like what time. is this yeah i've got i've got wicked hat here hey you look so great, I, I do i do have hair but fuck it i'm just gonna roll with this now yeah you're um, yeah I, I don't know about that but whatever uh so you. yeah the five up dpr is like if someone unbound that that would be I'd be most upset about that spell not going off than any other spell. That is mm. that is a massive part of it because technically it makes your army a third more wounds, you know, statistically. Yeah. It should. So it should make you have sort of technically a third more models, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, I didn't have to worry about it for the most part because it, when it went off in tens. You know, it was it was fine. As I said, I played four armies that didn't have a lot of magic, but still had a couple of arm binds. I did actually play against a croak list as well. Oh, okay. um, as to your example, who was doing it at plus two, yeah. is it, he casts on plus three and then he unbinds on plus two. I think it is. Yeah. I can't quite recall, but even then I'm just like, okay, I'll just do two spells on twelves and you know, and you have to roll an 11 or a 12 to, to unbind it, which you're not going to do. So in that instance, I'd be for the most part, it'd be serum white light plus um, protection because those spells are just like so good. So and, and then the magic back in me, I'm just like, I don't give a fuck because I auto-unbind one spell. I dispel in the spell every turn because I'm tickless and I do what I want. I'm doing... Unbi- I've got unlimited unbinds myself. I don't have the unlimited range, but I've got plus one and plus one to all my units within my buff range. And then, hey, even if you hit me with a spell on a four-up, I ignore it, and then I bounce Mortal wounds back to you. Oh, but then if I failed at it, I've got a five-up DPR anyway. So, yeah. like, how many layers are you going to get through? How many hurdles do you have to jump to actually hurt me with magic? You know, and people just, and against a croak matchup, the guy was just like, this is fucking pointless. You know, half the time I hurt myself, you know, and the other half I don't get the spell off. So it's just, yeah, I've I've played a Zen Chami, or it wasn't a typical Zench change host with it. And I just did whatever I wanted in that. I played a Seraphon matchup. As I mentioned, I was I pretty much dominated it with magic, to be honest, because it's, it's so defensive as well. So even if they have offensive spells, I can still just bounce them back. Um, I haven't played. Yeah, I, I'd be keen to play a changeos. You know, like a really. But even changeos don't cast spells good anymore. It's just a lot of changes, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, I, I, and I, they I, don't I,
1: really I, have offensive yeah. spells as well. So.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think yeah. I think it's I think it's uh, down to the player. Like, it was interesting that you decided to cast the two spells on the twelve as opposed to the one spell. Of which can't be unbound, right? Like, I think I've seen some people kind of play that KG, and I think people will, will move between because that's the decision uh point. I think so. Talk to me about the 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 two uh, the two uh endless spells that you you cared about. Obviously, spell portal, um and then also uh, the rune of petrification. A lot of people want it. You think that that's some big tech? Do you want to talk to us about that? It fucks hard. Oh, does it? Talk oh, to yeah. Me.
1: It fucks so hard. So, it's so hard. I'm
0: fucking excited. Uh, tell me. Tell me why.
1: Yeah, so what it does, I should really maybe I'll open my Luminef book, which I brought after winning masters, which is still <laughs> new and it's still new in sealed. So just just a bit of a flex right there. <laughs> Using my phone fucking all weekend. That was that was a pain in the ass. So what it does is it goes off on an eight. It's a rune petrification. You set it up wholly of an 18 of the wizard who cast it. Uh, so it's normally tickless. If I'm feeling a bit spicy, I'll chuck on the carefuler because that's a bit of a risk. So set up Holy of an eight. It's got a big fat base as well. The base is a good size and um, it doesn't move. It's not, fuck, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to be distracted. Um, It's not a predatory spell, so it doesn't move. So you cast it on an eight. So it has to be unbound on a nine, which is, um, oh, sorry, dispelled on a nine, which is not reliable. Yeah, it's hard, as you said. Mm. Uh, It's got a big fat base. Normally what you do is you drop it on objectives And what it does is it's like the rat trap. So it hits you at the start and the end of every movement phase. And on a, so it hits every unit within six inches at the start and end of every movement phase. On a four up, you take D3 mortal wounds. And while you're within six of it, you're minus one to run and charge. Doesn't affect Luminef units. So I can quite easily drop this on an objective and it will literally just kill whatever's on that objective over the course of the game because people, you know, cannot consistently dispel it. Yeah. Um, and if I cast it, so if I go first and I cast it top my turn, so for example, when I played Ideneth, I played Bow, I dropped it on his army turn one because we were playing Total Conquest. We're 18 inches away. Mm. Kefla set it up wholly of an 18 of her. It hit like three quarters of his army. It's going to hit him three times before he even gets to move away from it because it's my turn twice and the start of his movement phase, hits him again. If I double someone, it's going to hit them five times before they get to move away from it. Wow. Assuming that they're not pulling bodies away from it, so it just the fact that it just sits there ticking and ticking and ticking, and you know you might be shit and you might not roll four ups because four ups are, you know, unreliable. But there was a few games where I was just hot as fuck, and like when I played Tubby, I just dropped it on his boat and his dudes, and I was like, sweet, you've got three turns of taking three mortal wounds to that boat and the four units inside of that boat, and you can't get away from it. And then, by the way, you can't, you know, dispel it because it's a nine. So it's, well, you can, but it's not reliable to be dispelled on a nine. So drop on an objective. Your opponent's going to die. You know, they'll take a lot of damage from it. And um, especially if you have a double turn. And it's just a pain to remove, to be honest. And it's a bit of a roadblock and the base is huge. Six-inch bubble is massive.
2: great because you can't defend the objective whilst being outside of range of uh the rune because yes you can say in front of it say if he puts it down directly on top of the objective uh, you can sit slightly in front of the objective and screen it that way but there's nothing stopping anyone either flying over top of that unit or snaking around to the side of that unit and taking it for free um, which makes it super hard to defend your own your own objectives and it makes it really easy for sean to aggress onto objectives because he obviously ignores it
0: yeah of course and also like the the setup range is huge like huge that's that's excellent right there that, that's such a long range and how many points is it
1: it's 70 so it is like a good chunk of points mm. but it's still you know when I can just cast spells like I can I can guarantee cast it and I set it up wherever I want and for most armies only have maybe a couple of casters yeah. quite often they don't want to be spending in, in a dispel on an endless spell but if they are then I'm also taking away one of their spells yeah. unless you've got you know a character that can just get rid of an endless spell then it's a different story but yeah i just think it's really good man like you you just drop it on the middle of an objective and if you want to be within six of that objective then you're within six of that endless spell so it's just going to keep tapping you and the fact that if i drop it on my turn you know and i'm at the top of the turn it's going to hit you at least three times if i drop it at the bottom of a turn and i get a double it's going to hit you five times so, just put on objectives and people just die to it. It sucks for them, but it's great for you.
0: And how does that combo with, uh, <laughs> with the Technado? <laughs> well, I imagine.
1: Uh, quite, yeah, quite, quite simply really good. Yeah. Because, you know, you can do... So, quite often what I do is because I'm playing Sire, I can spin an A for Quartz on my units for an extra spell in the hero phase. So, I quite often do that on, like, a unit of Sentinels at the back and the Kefla, so then they both have two spells, and one would cast the Spell Portal, so Teclis didn't have to cast it, because it goes off into fives, it's pretty easy, and you put the Spell Portal down, and you could, you'd use, uh, you know, the Technator, quote-unquote, the Syrian White Light through the portal to pick off units, and then you go, okay, that hero over there, I'd really like him to die, he's got three wounds left, so I'll drop the rune on that guy, instead of maybe dropping it on the objective, and that way you are sort of, you know, you give yourself a chance to kill that model before it's the opponent's turn. But it's really good because obviously they're taking mortals from uh Syrian White Light and then they're gonna take more mortals from the from the Rune. So it's just it's just like spewing out mortals in an AoE fashion, which I don't know we've really seen since maybe Croak, I'd guess, because Croak does that as well. But, you know, there's not like a lot of splash mortal wounds in the game, as far as I know, other than yeah. sort of you know like blood is going off yeah they're all spells like yeah you know and then tickles doesn't give a fuck because he's just like okay i'll just dispel it i'll unbind that spell automatically or okay you can drop it on me and then on a four up i'll hurt you and then even if it goes through on a five up i'll ignore it so you know get fucked (laughs) (laughs) it just does what he wants in the magic phase it's fucking i mean in the hero phase it's amazing
0: uh, well, we'll come back and talk about uh, some of those units because it sounds like you'd maybe like I'd like to know what you would like, how your games went, and how maybe you would change the list again if you would change it. Tubbsy, what did you take to the event?
2: I took my uh, standard KO build, which is the Mornar build. I've talked about it on the show before and, mm-hmm. and, and sort of on our show and all sorts of shows, uh, which is a lot more Arcanaut heavy than the standard KO list that you see. Uh, and it doesn't have uh, any endless spells, so no rat trap. Uh, no comment. No, nothing like that. Uh, so it is a chemist, my general. He walks around on the board. He never gets in the boat. Uh, two navigators. One, very importantly, with the half charge artifact, the Galeforce Stave, mm. uh, which against combat armies really lets you uh, play the game in your turns, as long as in your terms, as long as you can take the second turn. Uh, it really lets you play the list of, in a very calculated fashion. Um, and then the other one is the Flare Gun, which is what I'm taking basically in place of the Endless Spells. Uh, and in all honesty, I I honestly think it's better than, than, uh, than the spell in the bottle. So how it works is the first time that Navigator shoots his pistol, uh, the first time he hits a unit, doesn't need to wound, they don't need to fail save, nothing like that, uh, your entire army re-rolls to hit against that unit for that shooting phase. So he rolls two dice to hit. Uh, three ups so you can spend uh, say a cp for reroll ones there or you can even gold it if you really want for re-roll everything so sort of worst case scenario you're two dice looking for four ups um, but yeah what it does is it makes your army feel like it's spending all of its gold at once uh, as well as opening up the fact that yeah you can spend the gold to wound on a secondary unit as well uh, and the output that comes from it especially in a meta like this where big heroes and big units is are really kicking around, uh, which is another thing that's hard for KO to deal with. Is big units on objectives. I, th- I find it really helps you get that output out there.
0: What is it, uh, uh, what is it about the uh, the the big units that KO struggle with? Like, like well, what's the issue?
2: It's just bodies on the bodies on the objective, right? Like mm. t- typically a KO list is, is quite heavy, uh, boats and guys inside boats. Uh, they're very limited on Arconauts on the board that I've seen so far. The only ones that really vary uh, that I think is another viable uh, 5 and 0 KO list in a, in a singles event uh, is the uh, Iron Sky Attack Squadron one where you can chuck the Arkanauts in the boats yeah. and you can jump them out after the boat moves, which is which is pretty key there. Um, but, yeah, I just, the problem I see with a lot of these KO lists is they just can't score. Like, if you're trying to get on there and, and, and score the objectives, a lot of the time you've got a boat and maybe a couple engine riggers or, or two or three boats, or maybe you have 10 Arconauts plus a boat. It's really not a lot of uh, scoring or holding or uh, or taking power even. So the more you can whittle down those big scary units, you know, like a half guard block or 20 wardens or, you know, 20 blight kings, you know, you got Teclis or Archeon or something nasty like that, you know, sitting on an objective. Uh, 40 skinks even, it's a lot of output. You know, you've got to do 40 wounds, uh, 10 pinks being able to kill those units very reliably uh, I, I feel like it really gives, gives a KO list, a push in the right direction for, um, for being able to get on outnumber, even if you leave one or two guys and, and score those objectives.
0: Yeah, I think, I think one of the really interesting things is you talking about taking power. Obviously, like one of the things that's happened in 40k is they changed like, the new edition. They changed it all around. You generally tend to see a lot less shooting. I'm not saying there isn't some very shooty lists in 40k, but you tend to see a lot less because it, the mechanic of having to charge onto the objective, kill the thing, and then take the objective. Otherwise, if you shoot them off, which is KO's thing, right, then yeah. you have to wait a turn to move on, which yeah, becomes the score. problem. Yeah, it's the, the taking that seems seems an issue for me uh, whenever I see them play.
2: Yeah, and that's the age-old thing with shooting is that, yeah, as, as simple and stupid as it sounds is that because the, the shooting phase happens after the movement phase, there's no way for you to actually get onto that objective if your means for clearing that objective is is through shooting. So realistically, you either need units that can be on the board and run and get onto an objective, or you need a unit that can get on and clear um, to to make your shooting army contest those objectives hard enough um and that's sort of you know where my where my list goes from there so it has 20 Arconauts, uh 20 Arconauts and 10 Aranaauts uh, so 50 Arconauts in total uh super good staying power you know they're on a they're on a four up rollable save most of the time a lot of the time they're just running on into objectives so uh they're not putting the output out but when they do get an opportunity to put their output out it's actually quite surprising how much output they have uh, the whole war scrolls built around playing on objectives. You know, they get passively buffed by being wholly within nine of an objective. So the sooner you get them there, the better those units are going to perform for you. Uh, and then from there, I have sort of sort of my core, uh, which is uh, an ironclad with ten thunderers in it, or rifles, a gun hauler uh, with uh, the the sky cannon, and then three units of three engine riggers, uh, which is sort of the change up for from my previous lists. I think the direction the Meta's gone in now, where we're not seeing... Previously, when I was playing the list, uh, there was Slaanesh, the old Slaanesh books still in the game. Uh, Fire Slayers was still kicking around. You know the Activation Wars were still happening, right?
0: Yeah, of course. Uh,
2: so one of the things morena lets you do is it lets you fight first at the start of the phase. So uh, if I'm taking a big block of Ender Riggers like it was before, I say saying the nine-man block, uh, I can activate and fight at the start the combat phase there, so it's another way that I can take those objectives back. Uh, but now, realistically, it's only fire slayers. So you have to worry about fighting first. I'm not too worried about that. I'm way more worried about the shooting output. And what is shooting output not like? It doesn't like MSU units. And three units, is three guys with six wounds each, is an absolute pain in the ass to deal with, because it's very hard to uh allocate the right amount of output to those units Uh, which is you know where techless comes in big and units like croak come in big is because we're in such a good shooting meta uh armies with big aoe output like that they really get into those msu matchups and that's what they love as well because that just multiplies the output even better Uh, so it's like kind of a a a double-edged sword but realistically i know Going into Masters, maybe there's this one Seraphon player. Maybe Sean will play Luminef, but realistically, the rest of the list will be shooting base, and they were. So I think it is. I think it is a good push.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I, I like that list. Whenever I talk about any KO lists, and it's like Ziflin, Spellbottle, Vortex, I always shout out your your Mornar list because you're one of the few people I've seen run it. Although Tony ran uh, at the Super Series last weekend, he ran a pretty pretty exciting uh, like what was it? Seven Gunhawlers. Keeps the Gunhawlers. Yeah, yeah. seven gun haulers, three frigates uh, over the weekend. Went two and one with it as well, which is nice. Um, uh, but got stomped by a Gargant and then stomped the Gargant. Uh, uh, oh, no. <laughs> I said, no, he won't wait one and two, because then Changeo's was just wrecked, uh, the, which was pretty rough. But he rolled pretty bad in the Vortex. So interesting, I think, uh, KO. Sean, talk to me about your games. Um, Big Sean. Uh, how did they? Uh, how did you end up going through uh, with those matches?
1: Oh, so I just 20-0 cunts left right in center and I won the Masters. <laughs>
2: <laughs> cool, clip that, yeah. lock
1: it up. The yeah, end. That's yeah. the show. All right.
2: See you later, Rob. Yeah,
1: thanks for having us on. It's uh, been a pleasure. Shout out me, big shout out podcast. <laughs> shout out me. <laughs> no, no, no. So, um, yeah, so first, first game I played against uh KO, which was a matchup I was. A little curious about and i'm not gonna lie a little concerned about because i want to go first so i can do my bus and do my board positioning and he wants to go second so he can double me mm. um so it was more like can i sort of set up the board in a, in a good manner before he can potentially take me off because he might have the output but the one thing i didn't really realize about chaos sort of a whole army hits on like fours and some of the good units hit on threes mm. so when they're shooting my infantry they're all hitting on fives because I'm more than Shining Company. So, um, yeah, initially the KO was was a bit of a worry, but it, like it, Miami just progressively beats people down. And then once I have a chance to double them, which isn't until they double me, because I'm always going first, um, I just win the game. So I normally win the game sort of turn three and four, or that's normally when my opponent conceded over the course of the Masters at least. So the KO matchup, it was a star strike as well. Was a little bit spicy for about the first two turns, and then it just, yeah, it just sort of snowballed for me, which was good. Um, I, I know it's not really descriptive, but there was no real insight gained out of that matchup, unfortunately. Like, I can't give you any high level Fine. come to Jesus, holy shit moments in that game. <laughs> it, was, it was literally, you know, my guy's a minus one to hit. He didn't want to shoot Teklis, so he shot my guy's in a minus one to hit, and then they have a five up after save. You know, and and that was that was really it. Is that like my defense was better than his offense?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, in game two, I play Beast Claw Raiders and Blade Uh which is not a mission I wanted to play Claw Raiders in. To be honest. Mm. Uh, so, in this instance, and this is where Tickless's utility sort of comes to, comes in. In this instance, I wanted to go first because the internet says you know if you score max points in the first turn and then a good amount of points in the second turn, you probably can't lose the game specifically in blade's edge because you're removing objectives for people that don't know and in this game i put my 20 block in my back like behind ticklers. i buffed him up with ethereal should have given a mystic shield but I didn't um and i teleported him forward just strung him out in a line and across scored all his three objectives they got charged by like three stone horns which i knew <laughs> was going to happen <laughs> it's fine yeah. this is this is what i wanted because i wanted him to fight out of his deployment and not in yeah. mine because all his bodies count as 10, or, you know, his fan count as two each, right? So I wanted to put the pressure on him, and I was just hoping that a couple of these guys would survive so I could immune to Battleshock, keep them in combat, and he couldn't retreat, charge, or anything like that, and I would keep at least one or two stone horns behind. Um, I did all this, but then I decided to be real smart and try to save a CP, and I decided to roll a two up on the Kefla, which, of course, I rolled a one, so I lost the unit.
0: Oh. Um
1: but then I, I won the priority roll, which is like every cop out of every Warhammer <laughs> story ever. You know, like it was all going well. and I won the priority and I won the game. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then I and then I got the priority and by that point I'd scored six points, he scored three, and then I just went on to score, I think, four points or three points the next turn and and play. I just I just bullied him through magic, you know, and making using the careful spell to make his stone hoard control against their bravery which is actually pretty good when they're in combat because they get the plus two to bravery when they're in combat. Yeah. But when they're out of combat, they become like, pretty susceptible to, to that Battleshock roll-A. Eh? So um, I sort of blunted his spear by making him charge me in his deployment instead of having him charge multiple units at the same time because you know, yeah. Stonehenge have big bases. And my army works by standing next to each other and being in a bubble. So I just gave him 20 dudes in a big fat line and he was like, you know, I'm going to charge him. I'm like, yeah, no shit, like, but I'm going to score six points and you're going to score three. So that's all I care about. Um, and then I believe the game was called in, like, 10 four because I was just able to to mortal wound and spell. And, and the Sentinels that actually did a lot of work in this one. Um, the Sentinels, I don't think, did a whole, like, because I know Sentinels are good. But over the course of the weekend, I don't think they were amazing. But in this game, when I can focus, like, all their shots Into one big angry cow that's charging me, it really does fuck him up quite a bit. eh? (laughs) I like, you know, I'm not going shot, not going shots here, shots there. I'm just going all in on that cow and I'll delete it and it's great. Um, and in game three, I play Tubby. And, um, do you want to chime in here at all, Tubby? I don't know. Yeah, man, like, like me, like me and Tubby have played this matchup a, a couple of times now and. We, the last time we played it before Masters was literally, I think, five days before Masters. And he tabled me in turn two, I think it was. Was it turn two? Like, it was immediately. Yeah, like turn two three, I I, did, yeah. I scored some points, and you're like, oh, yeah, cool, I play now, and I win the game. I was like, holy fuck, you know? <laughs> this matchup sucks, but... What, yeah. was the,
0: what was the difference then? Like, how, talk me through it, Tubbs.
2: I think, like, uh, I've played KO into Lumineff, maybe six or seven times. And I think I've won maybe 70, 75% of those matchups. I think what it comes down to is it's really interesting, the matchup, because a Luminef army wants to go first always, and they low enough drop that they can. Uh, and a KO army most of the time wants to go second always. So realistically, both armies are both playing into their strengths. Uh, and it really comes down to a lot of the time, does one thing happen or uh, or one thing not happen you know like if i stopped sean's protection of techless at any point his army just disappears very quickly or you know i win a big priority role his army just disappears very quickly um but you know if the game keeps rolling in his way and he keeps getting his priorities and he can keep putting those endless spells and uh and in the, the shining white light burning like what light white uh through my army it just absolutely bumholes it because it gets around the whole one of the whole strengths of the KO book, which is the fact that it's four up saves across the board minimum and they all get rerolls where you want it. So he completely ignores the tankiness of the KO army with all his mortal wounds output. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's good at sitting on objectives and sitting in this bubble. What, what you need as a KO player is for one of his game plans to go wrong, which is either get doubled when you've pushed hard on him or stop one of those key spells, which, you know, either, you know, Burning White Light's big, the rune's big, um, protection of the Techless is, is is the biggest one. Um but yeah, it's it's a really interesting matchup, honestly. And and I've I haven't I'm yet to have a bad game into into Illuminef army with KO. I think it's a really interesting matchup. That's it's can be pretty swingy in all honesty. I don't I don't know what I would do too much different.
0: I think that you're trying to. Into... Yeah. Oh, go on. Sorry. You, sorry, you go, Sean. You're the guest. Sorry. I was just.
2: Okay.
1: Cheers, Rob. I was just trying... <laughs> I was going to say, he's he's trying to burst me off before I can grind him off. Yeah. Because that's how the Lumineff Army works. Because the the cerium white light is super spiky. You know, you've you've probably seen instances where it's done thirty or forty mortal wounds to five units, and well, not that because that's not possible. But you know, like it does a shitload of damage in one turn. And then in other turns, you're like, oh, man, it just chipped here and there. But even when it's chipping, it's still doing damage because, you know, the next turn, it might burst a bit harder. It might burst a bit harder, whereas all Tubby's damage is, like, offensive and in your face, and it's very obvious. You know, it's Thunder thunderous shooting. It's re-rolls from the flare gun. It's the boat moving around and repositioning, like, two-thirds of his army to do what it wants where it wants, and it's a real focus point of power, whereas... Um, the Luminef is just sort of more of a gradual over time, it will sort of get you and sort of turn free for, in my experience at least, unless like, you allow me to charge 20 wardens into something, then I'll, you know, I could slap something pretty hard.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like whenever I've seen the uh, LRL play, I f- it feels to me like they can get bullied fairly easy, because they have they have to play, they're around Teclis, they're keeping him safe, but also he's keeping them safe, and I feel like that that, like, I, what I really like about what your list has done, it's obviously like there's a Syrian wildlife combo with the rune, you're really putting a lot of pressure on at range, obviously with some sentinels backing it up as well, like pushing hard into their line. So they, like I don't know, uh, Tub. did you feel like you were forced to push earlier because there was just a lot of income, incoming damage? Or was that like, you know, would you like to hold off for a turn or was that not really the situation? You know, that extra yeah. output from range.
2: Yeah, yeah. So from experience I've found that you, you need to go in hard, but cautiously, so, you know, one of the things that the Luminef book is really good at doing is it's really good at reaching into my boats and killing my support pieces. Most, basically every army you go into, nobody can kill your heroes inside the boat because realistically they're minus two to hit because they've got lookout, sir, and they're garrisoned, uh, and then they've got plus one save. So, you know, both my navigators, minus two to hit, two up saves. Super hard to deal with if you don't have bulk mortal wound output. It's where the Luminef book is really good, because the second, not so much just the 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 burning white light, but the the endless spell starts tapping It starts tapping everything inside the boat, and it starts reaching in to your army where it is normally safe, and all of a sudden it's actually a detriment, the fact that it's inside the boat. Mm. So what it forces me to do as a KO player is it forces me to stack aside, which is fine, which is how I want to play, but then I have to spend things immediately, like, Turn one into Sean, I had to shoot my Flare Gun. Normally, I wait for a good opportunity to use it. But into Sean, I need to use it immediately because I know there's a high possibility in my next turn, if I don't double him here, he's going to be dead and I've wasted my artifact. Um, It makes me play differently to how I want to be playing the game. And if I don't push pressure on him because he's gone first in the turn, if I haven't put good output off in my turn, if he gives me the double realistically i'm not putting two turns with the output into him i'm maybe putting 120 percent or you know 110 percent because i've played back you know i've, I've played light I, I haven't pushed his army hard whereas pushing the army hard into him and taking his side means that yeah he can't afford to not take those priority roles because my army is going to start steaming through and, and getting those big turns of output through
0: yeah, I would. Yeah, I I completely see that, and I think oh, outside of those twenty wardens, it's quite hard to push anything off. Like uh, I don't know how you feel about that, Sean. Like you know, once once they're maybe gone, I don't know. Like I feel like it's hard for you to if ever if someone floods your army, it's hard for you to push out like in a turn.
1: Uh yeah, yeah. Like I can't. Like movement wise, yeah, absolutely. It's it's hard for me to sort of. You know i can teleport one guy one unit sorry teclas goes 12 inches when he's not hurt i can double move him or i can double move some wardens but really the effective like reliable reach of the army in terms of moving and charging or like counter positioning isn't actually that great um you know the the, the effective reach in, like shooting something across the board or hurting something across the board is reliable but you know if i had to go 27 inches to an objective i'd be in a lot of trouble you know if i couldn't just teleport there or if i had to teleport there and make a nine inch charge you know so yeah that kind of play around the movement is pretty difficult for the army but at the same time the army is quite happy to like have to be crashed into like a wave so to say and it's it's resilient enough assuming that everything's minus one from shining it's it will you know take a punch and then when people come and that 18-inch kill box, because I feel like the army does have an 18-inch kill box, because that's when I can start reliably making my charges. That's where all my offensive spells hit you from. You know, I don't need to use Portal. I can, like, I mean, you know, Portal is a crutch. Like, it, it blatantly is. It makes something that's abusive also, extremely abusive. The
0: army, the army needs it, though, right? Because, like, if Techless was there not doing Serial White Light, that's a lot of points to just be buffing the dudes around it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's Yes, yeah, it is, it is, like, there's games where I didn't get it off, but yeah, he has a lot of points, but in practice, he's been pretty amazing, Tubby's the only person who's killed him, oh, wow. Uh and and Tubby baited me on that, so good on Tubby, <laughs> uh, so it was a good play <laughs> by him and a misplay by me,
2: good one so, to talk about, honestly,
1: yeah, we'll, we'll have a talk about it, bro, tell tell us about how you did it, because I I felt like, because as soon as you did it... <laughs>
2: I was like, you can't, like, fucking, <laughs> I just fell straight into that one, didn't I? I made it too easy for you. <laughs> so something that the Luminef book and the KO book both share is the fact that they spend a resource uh, to, you know, buff their saves or buff their hits or whatever, you know? So when you're on the defense and it's your opponent's turn, you need to very carefully spend where you're spending your Aether Gold or your Aether Quartz. One of the big fears I have as a KO players. Someone's going to go and look like they're going to full commit onto my boat, force me to spend my gold on my boat, and then all of a sudden turn all the output into something else. So they completely waste the gold on my boat and take off something else in another place where I can't spend the gold to make it defensive. So the Lumineth book, especially in Sire, uh, works in the exact same way. So you know they can double stack their Aether Quartz uh, to put those units onto a two-up save, like Tickless or like the Wardens. Um, so I did exactly that to Sean. Uh, I very clearly moved my boat into range of his Wardens, which were my back objective. Eyeballed the boat to Tickless, I uh, started shooting the Wardens. He double popped on the Wardens, and then all of a sudden turned all my output onto Teklis instead of the Wardens, um, where, you know, he's just a four-up save. So that's very doable. Tickless on a two-up save is not doable at all. Um, not with my list, so... Yeah, so it's 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 little things like that that you can work around, um with the two books. But a lot of the time, unless you have shooting output, it's a lot harder than it than it initially seems.
0: Yeah, I, I think about them zombies trying their hardest into them. It's uh, Interesting, yeah. interesting time <laughs> for them <to> at that <laughs> book. Uh, okay, Tubbsy, last two uh, last two rap matches. How did they go?
2: Uh, for me, so oh no, sorry, no finish?
0: sorry, Big Sean. We'll finish off with Sean, then we'll come back. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, oh, so last okay. two
2: matches. Sorry, Tuffy.
1: I was happy to hear about your matches, but apparently Well, we'll go raw. back. We'll go back. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 Uh Yeah, man. So uh, round four, I played Eidnef Deepkin, which was probably everyone's favorite to win the tournament, to be honest. Uh, it's run by a guy, guy called Bo, and he has been playing Deepkin pretty solidly since the book came out. And like that book has just never not been good. Like, Agreed fucking come on it's been like three years guys like
0: <laughs> like it's one of the best books like maybe that's top, five, of... de- top five definitely maybe top three um and yeah it's- and it's
1: it's got like good rules from aos one where you just like whiff in you know and you're like <laughs> sweet whatever you know but anyway that's besides the point so i was playing bow which i was concerned about it's total conquest so essentially the mission is leader count is an extra point or you can extra point from leaders and if you take an objective off your opponent, you score double points. So it's one point per objective, four objectives. Taking an uh, objective off opponent, it's two points. Uh, 18 inches apart. And he put his... All, so his army was... Oh, fuck, Tubbs. You know what it is off the top of your head? Uh, sorry, no, I was looking at the chat. Was, it's, it's, no, no, bro. I, I sort of like... It was two
0: units of six, Mortar, so, Leviadon, three threes of Ishlin. Uh, and then I d- think he might have brought two, an Eidolon. Two,
2: two scryers and... Two Solscryers, in, a, yeah. And in a Volte, yeah. yeah.
1: So the important thing about this is he put both his Soul scryers off the board and he put one unit of six Morsa off the board. And I obviously got to pick two because I'm two dropping. He's like nine or whatever it is. And because we're so close, I typically did Serum White Light for the portal and really it did nothing. And then I dropped the rune on him and it tapped his whole army except a unit of free is laying guard and Voltinus. although Voltinus is a free up save against magic anyway I'm not worried about that um I made a unit of 20 wardens ethereal made a minus one by keeping him in formation teleported him pretty much right in front of his army saying please take the bait you know come charge him because they'll mortal wound you off um and your rend too on the charge doesn't really count for anything when they're ignoring rend mm. um he ignored all that, and he just sort of went to score the objectives in his turn. But the important thing was, before he started playing the game, so before he even had a turn, uh, he had a unit of three-ish lane, which were absolutely unmolested because they were back at a board, I'm guessing in case I teleported. One of unit of three was down to one, and the other unit was down to two, and the unit of six, Morsar, was down to four, and he had... Um, and the Levitan had taken, like, six, seven wounds at this point as well. he have taken quite a few wounds. Just from the rune, the rune just went off hard on him, tapped him three times. Wow. Every time I was rolling, a, like, a four up, and I was rolling, like, you know, four or five for mortal wounds. So he's taking two to three mortal wounds a turn. Um, and then wow. I just sort of pushed around the board, around my 18-inch, because I have to be a whole level of an 18 of techless to get his buffs. I did this, like, token screen at the back of the board. It was a really god-awful screen that should have just died so easily. It's just 10 Wardens, not even in shiny, just spread out to maximize their base size and board space. Um, and the crux of this game is turn one, he brings on two Soul points at that unit of, um, there's 10 Sentinels and there's 10 Wardens, points at 10 Sentinels, charge them with plus six, you know? Um, <laughs> and... Mm-hmm and he came into my army and he didn't kill any of the units, which was amazing. Oh, wow. um, he like, like he, sorry, he killed models in the unit. He didn't kill the unit. Sorry. I miss, wow. I misrepresented that. So he went into the sentinels. He killed nine sentinels. I auto passed battle shock. He went into the wardens. He killed four wardens and he even blows mortal wounds. So he rolled really unremarkable. Like it was really poor. And we dice off for priority. The score is four free at this point to him. We dice off a priority and he wins and he then retreats his six more so which he's just brought on the board onto my home objective so he can score all the points which yeah it's probably the right thing to do because he can't retreat and charge at this point yeah and when he did that i went massively down points i think i was down sort of like 12 to it was like 11 12 to 3 and he had had two turns and i had one and i was thinking oh, i could be in trouble here but then also he's just exposed himself to my 18 inch kill box and at that point, uh, I think I doubled him. I can't exactly recall, unfortunately. But his army hates mortal wounds. There's actually fuck all bodies in his army as well when it's on the board. Um, I dispelled a rune. I put it back down next to him as tapping for a unit to turn. Serium White Light doesn't even need to go through a portal because his whole army's in close. A uh, cool thing here is I um, did the Kefla spell on the turtle. So the turtle has to roll against his bravery every time it wants to do something. has to roll equal to or under. Yeah. And turtles are bravery six. I'm like, the crap. Wow. And I made it break and I made it minus one. So every time he tried to do something, he was rolling and he was rolling over it. Um, he's rolling over fives, so that was cool for me. Um, and then I just like, I just then, yeah, yeah, because yeah, you're right, they, yeah, the like,
0: INF list don't have a lot like when they decide to engage, that's what that like that's the important part. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons maybe we don't see as many. Uh, blocks of sixes as we sometimes see more units of mm. people trading off a little bit more but i think having a six is always useful to like delete something <laughs> if they roll badly
2: yeah roll
1: but badly, well right? and yeah and that was the thing like i don't think bo misplayed it at all and he had the right idea because there was literally one sentinel left who i auto pass battle shock on and then five wardens and when he went in time i was like oh fuck i've done something real bad because his army just moves wherever it wants because it's so quick and I figured if he killed that, which he was going to, he was going to charge into Teclis and kill Teclis in turn two. And then that's a completely different game. Because my army runs and lives and dies on Teclis, essentially. Which is so fucking stressful. But it's also so amazing. Because he just does whatever he wants. So, so yeah. Um, and he didn't kill the unit. And it was a big woof. And it wasn't his fault. He did everything right. It was just literally dice gods or whatever the fuck you want to call it it was just really really poor so yeah and then i just i think we caught on turn four um i think he had nothing left at that point anyway so i he was ahead by the first three turns and then i just put it put it back uh,
0: okay. um and then
1: and then game five was against seraphon and uh, what was it tubby force in the, force hand. In the hand yeah and the Seraphon army was, like, not a typical netless Seraphon army as well. So it was a Thunder Lizards army, and he had the three basties that want to shoot twice with, the, with Croak and so on. And they have Mortal um,
0: wounds, And they stand together. Oh,
1: dude. Yeah. they And they're so fucking slow. Yeah. So slow. So it was um, Stephen. So Stephen was all good. Uh, shout out, Stephen. Uh, he yeah, like, he had 50 skinks in his army across four units, and I figured if I take off those skinks immediately, then he probably cannot ever score any of my objectives, because outside of his skinks, he's got, like, eight, nine models in his army. You know, he's got the five dudes who are holding Croak's hand who will never leave, and Croak's sitting at the back of the board. And he's got the banner next to Croak as well. And he's got a couple of skink priests that are running around the board that are only, sort of, four wounds apiece that died real easy. Um, And he had a he had a carnosaur in his army, which was a bit of a wild card. It was a bit of a sort of off roads at you and you have to deal with this sort of piece. But um he just charged it into some wardens and they just deleted it. Because <laughs> like, wardens are better when you get charged by him. So like I mean, when you charge wardens, it's the wardens get buffed. So yeah. Um I killed the fifty bodies of skinks sort of in the first two turns. I made it a massive priority, and then it was really just about positioning and zoning on the board, and I was always scoring more, like one more than him throughout the game. So I think I scored four, and then he scored three, and then I scored four again, and then he scored three, and then I scored five, I think, and then he scored two. And then I won turn four priority, and he just stuck his hand out, and we called it there. Yeah. Um, his magic was non-existent like because Teklis just bounces back shit back and just ignores magic and then again i have a dpr after that save as well so there's so many redundancies in that list around techless yeah um his shooting is his shooting is pretty fucking good too there's a lot of it however besties hit on fours and when my army's minus one for the most part outside of the heroes um it, it, it does nothing you know like he could shoot techless and it's fine but a lot of people go, how many wounds is he? 16. What's his save? Four up. Oh, does he have enough save? Yeah, five up. They're like, oh, fuck that. It's too much. It's too much work. I don't want to deal with that. So a lot of people put themselves off from trying to attack Tickless even before they attack him. Like, they don't just roll five dice and go, let's see what happens. You know, five dice. Okay, three wounds. Oh, you failed two. Oh, okay, maybe I'll attack him again. You know, it is like, nah, too hard. And the Kefalar, if she's garrisoned in the t- piece of scenery... And she's next to a unit for lookout, so she's at minus two. So they're going to be like, "Well, I don't want to hurt her." That's sixes, you know. That's bullshit. So um, in this, you know, in this instance, I just shot his I just removed his skinks, removed his bodies, and then just sort of ran away with it. Scored more than him, and then when I was on for a double, he just conceded instantly. So it was like he what he wanted to. It was a fucking shit matchup for him, man. Like he wants to shoot me but I'm minus one. He wants to spend lots of CP. I make him spend two CP when he wants to spend CP. He wants to cast spells on me and clean me up with AOE. I fucking ignore it because of Tickless. because Tickless again just does what he wants. So, you know, like it sucked for him, but it was good for me. <laughs> so, yeah
0: it sounds great sounds really good and I think like we're all just listening and learning which I think is uh, uh, is a positive Um, uh, I'll come back to you in a minute and and just ask a question about like maybe what you might change in the list or like what you might do in the future because I think because I know you've said that you get rid of the twin stones Uh, Tubbsy, tell me about your games how'd they go
2: yeah bro my games were a rocky road honestly it was um, (laughs) she was an interesting masters this year so uh, game one I played Sean's game five opponent uh, Stephen Uh, with a Seraphon Uh, and after the previous weekend I was feeling pretty confident honestly going into masters that if I played like that I would um I'd do pretty well Mm. um and I managed to draw that game which was which was uh purely my own bad I really threw my turn five I feel like I played a good turns one through four uh and then my turn five I basically put my dice down didn't move any models which was super stupid um and 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 through that game uh Game two was quite interesting. It was, it was a KO mirror match, and it was into the you know the gun hauler spam list. Mm-hmm. I think gun haulers are probably the most efficient war scroll uh, in KO. Now looking at it, uh, I think they're super strong, and I think it was a really good representation of uh, how how hard can you spam the unit in KO in a singles event, <clears throat> and how well can it actually do for you. Um, and at the end of the day, that matchup come down to why I think my list is a stronger 5-0 uh, and o list than, than, than those boat-heavy lists. And that was purely for the fact that I scored the objectives hard. Uh, he couldn't come back and contest my objectives because either he had to shoot, clear things off, and then couldn't get to objectives, or he put some boats onto it, and then it's only one model. Um, <clears throat> so did it, it, Pulled a bit of a bait and switch on him, made him made him shove his ironclad and the rest of his output into the corner of the board. Chase my ironclad, uh, and just set my iconot score the game, which is ideally uh, what my list wants to do most of the time. is play chase the ironclad and forget about the little boys standing on the objectives. Uh, game three, I played Sean, which uh, which we which was well. a loss for which was yeah. a loss for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then game four the following day was another KO matchup, uh, mirror match, and that was quite a cool list. Honestly, I I'm really into that list. I think it's a very good teams list if it's a little bit more uh, defined, mm-hmm. uh, and it functioned around having yes the spell in the bottle uh, also had exorcist with the comma in it, yeah. um, and we had a we had a big chat afterwards about how you make that list work better, um, and I think the best thing about that list is it forces people to spread and what a ko player wants is he wants your opponent's army to spread because if once you start spreading the ko army can start picking it apart because of the mobility you'd go hard to one side of the board kill the thing on the flank hard to the other side of the board kill the thing on the flank just rinse and repeat you know just take the game methodically slowly at your pace you're in the control of the game uh unfortunately same thing man and into into my list again. He wasn't running any thunderers. All of his output was either in the boats or on the outside of the boats with a lot of engine riggers and, uh, and and dirigible suit guys. And I could just screen him out the archonauts, so he didn't get enough output on the on the first turn. And my return, I just killed everything that was sitting on the outside of the boats, all of his engine riggers, a boat, all his heroes that were outside, all, all of that. Uh, Leaving him with you know an ironclad and, and a couple gun haulers and it just you just can't contest into in, into the bodies like you you're just playing such a, a uphill battle once you start losing those bodies on the borders ko um, and honestly that one was a, a bit of a bit of a landslide to me as well but I think the concept of the list was really interesting um, and we had a big discussion afterwards about how yeah you can make someone spread like that and how do you best capitalise on on an army that lets you do that which be it in Mona or in Ziflin, i think it works in both uh, i think the big thing that he needs to take away from it is either start putting thunderers in the boat or start taking that iron sky attack squadron list where you can get out and you can start reaching things with the archonauts and start scoring those objectives back while pus- putting all your threats on the side of the board in awkward positions where your opponent doesn't want to go because there's no objectives there you know um
0: Definitely, you can you can really push. I think with taking them out of the boat and pushing onto the objectives, I think that gives you more utility.
2: That's so good. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's the that's the other the other five and 0 list there. And honestly, I think it's probably better than my list. Um, but yeah, it, I don't have the capabilities to run it, so I'm happy with mine. Uh, hopefully, something I can I can have a jam on in the future. Definitely have the Arkanauts for it. Just need another frigate. Um, and then game five, I played into the Beast of Chaos list which was a, <laughs> a, a wild card. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, in all honesty, <clears throat> Beasts of Chaos are a really bad matchup for KO because they can be a lower drop than you. Yeah. If they take an MSU build, they can swarm the board. They can zone out so hard that once again, taking those objectives back is so hard for the for the KO player. As long as he keeps swarming forward, coming forward, scoring huge on those first three turns, to the point where the KO player can't come back, even if he tables you, which he almost definitely will, um, it's a good matchup. Like as shit as Beast of Chaos is, that's it's a it should be a quite a bad matchup for KO. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, Bartosz, who was playing in the final game, had a, a gargant, so he was Essentially missing five hundred points of army. Um <laughs> <laughs> those things are fucking awful. So <laughs> like
0: <laughs> some people don't agree with that, but sure.
2: Uh <laughs> man. Yeah. So yeah, it went into the boat one turn. Uh the Gargan and Ten Bestigore all, all buffed up and I think they put seven wounds on the boat with its reroll save and just like the impact oh. models were good and it's scary. I was like, shit, I could lose some heroes from inside. Um, but he didn't spike on those. So I was like, well, fuck that thing is literally never killing me. I'm honestly not that worried at all. Um, and yeah, it didn't need to be. So unfortunately for Bartosh, that was kind of a whitewash. <laughs> he doubled me one into two, but by the time I, I got my second turn, I just basically just rinsed the whole rest of his army off because there's not enough bodies anymore. Um, cause this, yeah. Five hundred points of of basic base chaos is a lot of units.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, loads. Yeah. Um, So uh throwing back to you, Big Sean, like, what would you change about your list? Just listening to you now, like, I think the rune's such an amazing take, and uh and I know Tubbsy just mentioned it, but the exorcist and the comet sounds like a, a fun sideways take to go for like that additional like punch. But what do you think about what do you think about your list and changing it up for next time, or do you not think you want to play it anymore?
1: Uh, I'd just run all the fucking new kangaroos to be honest, and no one would ever touch me in combat. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, true, true. Like, That's it's, good. Like, yeah, like it's 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 funny because it's a suboptimal list that I ran out of the Luminef book, and like the optimal shit I don't own, so I didn't run it. Um, yeah, like I would probably completely flip it and make it a bit more reliable on movement and less reliable on taking a punch, and then pushing out from that punch. Mm. So yeah, I think I'd go ruse and um, I'd mix it up that way. And I'd just frustrate people with little charges and little pylons and other directions and it'd be a shit time for them. And it'd be a great time if I knew how to play it. But yeah, so I think that's what I'd do. Like I'd just completely change it. Um I'd try keep ticklers tech because Techless just like I mean like Rob, he just turns up to the game and if you're like, Do you have any magic and they're like, nah. And I'm like, cool. Let me explain to you why this motherfucker does whatever he wants without <laughs> without any blowback. He just does whatever he wants, you know, and he's he's really cool. Uh, if you're playing him. If you're playing him against him, it's probably pretty shit time. So but it's also super stressful because he's like your baby and you're trying to keep him alive and he's trying to buff everyone. But as soon as he takes damage, you're like, ah oh, fuck, you know. So anyway I think
0: that's the, I think that's the thing I think knowing how to play against it is that like you have to know that the other the te- the the, the player wants Teclis alive above everything else like that's like yeah like, 100% 100% like, and I think that that's one of the things maybe that I've seen in some of the games that I've seen where Teclis has been babysat too much I feel like there are times where sometimes you just do have to push yeah. him out and you've got to make him exposed um, uh, I think that's key, but we'll like we'll see. Like I agree with you. I think the Wind charges change up the shape of the army so much that now like it's not so much like you're going to get hit. You be like, cool. I'm just going to control the board and Techless will be there doing what he needs to do. Um, I think your inclusion of the rune is is wicked because that like it doubles up on the output coming from Techless, and I think you're already committing to him. So like yeah, make him like a gun platform, which is crazy good. Crazy. Yeah, good.
1: the army the army just does mortal wounds, and that's what it does. So it ignores all your all your negatives and all your rerolls and all that sort of shit—it just doesn't mortal wounds, you know. And it doesn't do a whole lot, of, and yeah, and it doesn't do like fucking an obscene amount in one. Well, it can, but it often doesn't in one turn. But over two or three turns, you're like, shit, that's like eighty mortal wounds, and you're like, yeah, mm. sorry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> good game, <laughs> you know.
0: Tubbsy, uh, uh, what would you change about your list? Do you think, or like, uh, do you think you're going to move on from playing Ko at the moment? you
2: playing him a while. Yeah, um, so realistically, I'm super happy with my list. Uh, the only thing that I was really missing from the list was the Balakor update for the for the Ko triumphs. Yeah, what it meant was I took uh, Artifact in my boat, which, in all honesty, is pretty shit. It's plus two movement. The reason I took it was uh, if I'm twelve inches up the back of the board. Say we're playing a normal, you know, sideways deployment. Mm. Twelve inches up. My boat can run 18 and my guns can shoot 18, which means I can shoot 48 inches essentially, right? So I can shoot anything at the back of the board with my 18-inch guns, which is the majority of my output. So I can kill uh, flamers, bow snakes, little heroes, uh, things like that that are hiding at the back of the board. Realistically, I'd well rather have either the, uh, the charge damage, boat effect, or just the plus two wounds. And I quite like the plus two wounds, so I'd rather have that um the other thing that so what that does is with the triumphs the navigators let you move an extra d6 inches which on man (coughs) which on a um which on a two plus i'm essentially getting the exact same thing which is awesome or on a five plus I'm landing my boat three inches away from you on turn one, which means even maybe my 12-inch guns can get in range of things on the back of the board or my flare gun can get in range of, with you on the back of the board, which is a huge alpha opportunity uh, into a list which maybe outdrops me because those Marathi bow snake lists are pretty scary and even the Zench flamer lists are pretty scary into me. The other thing it allows me to do is the other triumph lets me re-roll to unbind or dispel with the navigator now the the best thing about that is that i can use that in my opponent's hero phase so when it comes to spending you know eighth of quartz eighth of gold you really need to work out how you want to phase it how you want to spend it because you can't just drop it all at once you need a plan on how to most efficiently spend it and that gives me an opportunity to spend it in a turn which i normally can't and it gives me an opportunity to you know Roll extra dice on trying to get something like protection to of Teclis off, or uh, an infernal gateway, or a flawed reality, or you know, a searing white light. A big spell that's going to come through, that maybe is cast on a ten from tickless, or you know, a high dice from a from a good caster, or a croak, uh, you know, or whatever. It it gives me a bit more flexibility there, and those early turns when my heroes are still alive, into those magic helpful armies. I think it will. Why well, it's quite small, and I think it's been glazed over pretty hard out. In a list like mine, I feel, feel like it's it's pretty impactful to the list. Um, but yeah, going forward, I'll probably just play Skyborne Slayers or something for the rest of the year, because apparently that fucks hard. <laughs> well I mean store, fucking... not like lo- oh. <laughs> a uh, special lo- snowflake yeah <laughs> uh,
0: alright well um, now but for everyone listening at home um, and, and you guys should uh, you can listen to both these two on a podcast which I'll include in the show notes below um, so you guys should do that, like uh, more of that. You'll hear loads more from what's happening in the New Zealand scene, and that's pretty important to everyone in Australia, because obviously uh, you need to realise what's going to happen when the Conquerors come over again on the planes, uh, so mm. you keep up to date with that. I'd say, I don't know what you two... Would I, think. I agree,
1: I agree, Rob. I, I heard what you're saying, and you're saying, Australia, you need to figure out what's going on, because you're our bitch.
2: But <laughs> November this year, we're going to come take four trophies, I think. I think we're going to book them. Four trophies. Wow. Yeah, four trophies this time. So that one's going to be a real big sling. And I don't even know if
1: Australia has four trophies in total. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I've got one here. Oh, what's that? Is that two? Holy shit. Get Jimmy Page on the line. He's got three. <laughs> even the uh, goon boss has one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. He does too.
0: You you honestly, Speaking in the you get a picture of them all. Um, uh, like as a group. So, yeah, like so you guys should definitely go and listen to that, and I'll include the show notes below because um, they're a wonderful group of people and I, and I support them wholeheartedly. Uh, just some quick fire hot takes before we uh, head out. Um, uh, first off, is there anyone in the kind of New Zealand scene you want to shout out and give some big props and love to? Uh, that's my first question. I've thrown that on you, so it's cool if not. Yeah, apparently, not one. apparently, no one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ you got someone? Shout out Old Man Lee. I feel like we've been missing Old <laughs> yeah. Man Lee for too long.
1: Okay. Um, I'm gonna shout out uh low-hanging fruit here, but Jono from Azir Weekly. Uh hilarious. so you probably see him on Twitter, yeah, with his little Fucking you know, hilarious. his little hot takes and so on. His little, he's he's pretty he's pretty on the pulse with the with the takes and so on. Um I wanna shout out the Wellington guys as well, my regular opponents. You know, Bo, Matty, Mitch, um, they're all awesome people. You know, they tolerate me flipping and flopping between lists and trying to do something which I can't and, and the rest of it. So, no, it's really cool. And um, Auckland, just shout out Auckland. We hadn't seen them for a, for a minute and then we came up for Masters and super good people, super engaging, wanting to talk, wanting to social, uh, wanting to be helpful, you know, just like it was a good time, good time, you know, shit city, lovely people. <laughs>
0: my favorite thing about doing this for work is i is like i really get like local rivalries at this point like when i'm talking to people about other countries i'm like yeah there's fucking dicks up north or whatever like and they're like what and i'm like you gotta get in you gotta get into it or not right so yeah, is, it, um, is
1: it northern wankers southern puffs, or something like that is that what they say
0: yeah, wherever like and that seems to be yeah. true all over uh yeah you know, the canadians rag on each other which is fun so um uh, some some news has come out today. So I just wanted to get like a hot fire take or sort of uh, Let's an off of you two. So Kragnos760. Thoughts?
1: Uh, Either
2: of you. That's a, a whole it's lot of a, yeah. a whole I was honestly looking points. forward to him, but now I don't think I'm going to pick him up in all honesty. Do you think it's I think too was, much? Yeah, it's too much. I think if he was under 700 points, like I was expecting 640 to 680. And then, I know it's a lot more than most people thought, but I think that still had a place. Mm. Um, but pff, 760 is a shitload of points. Like, that's almost two swords on Stonehorn,
0: mm. and
2: I would well rather have that.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. What do you think, Big Sean?
1: Uh, the same. Like, based off what we know about the game right now, it's too many points. I mean, and... <laughs> fucking in a month's time or whenever AOS3 comes out, you know, he might be well worth it and it might be explained, but as it stands at the moment, I think it's way too much for a guy that will just get killed by 20 Sentinels. Well, the thing you is, is you, like you oh. release
0: him, like, if, like I, I think that that conversation's a bit, like, weird, right? Like, you're releasing him into Age of Sigmar 2. If you think he deserves different points in Age of Sigmar 3, you'd put the points in then? Like, it's not hard, right, to just bang a PDF out and just be like, he's now this many points. Um, I get, I also don't think they understand. Like a fucking yeah. <laughs> like, it's not hard, but it it is hard for them. But
2: like no, it never happens. It never well, happens. I was, I, was, I was trying to what? think
1: of a clever way to explain to you as how they work, whereas you're the guy who explains to everyone as to how they work and how. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, I just yeah. But no, I was like, okay. Oh well, Rob, didn't you know that this is you know
0: that's not what they fucking do. No, I get it, I I, I do. Um, the uh, the other thing for me is like I just don't think they understand the difference between a DPR save and not a DPR save. Like like Nagash and Archeon, like even a Nagash with his points up, it still loads. But you're just like, well, he ignores half of the mortal wounds. You've spent a huge portion of the time talking to be saying the word fucking mortal wounds a lot. Like, and I know Craggy can ignore spell mortal wounds, so it's a different convo. But, um, like, like, uh, the 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 save is very important. Like, get the armor save is good, but that save against mortal wounds is pretty key because there's loads of like non. Oh, there's a lot of damage you can take, I think, and I think. Yeah, yeah, upgrades.
1: yeah, exactly. Because, and they made this big point about, oh, he could charge a monster and do thirty-six mortal wounds, and just to go back to what Tubby said ninety seconds later. Two stone hordes could charge him and kill him on the charge. Yeah. You know, because he, yeah. he doesn't have a fucking mortal wound save, so. Or like okay. a DPR or whatever it is, so. Yeah.
2: They've got you know. red to do damage for as well.
1: Yeah, as well. yeah, he fucks hard without a courtesy look on the charge, but you know what else fucks real hard without a courtesy look on the charge? Two big, two big stone horns, so.
0: And they're, yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, and they're, they're I don't know if they're more survivable, but also they're faster, so they can control the board more, yeah. so. That's disappointing. Yeah, but I mean, he.
1: He does beat up on the Star Trek meter, so um, I'll pull one out of so my Star <laughs> Trek bros. Yeah. go
0: <laughs> You three Star Trek bros are having a tough time. Uh, so, Croak, we've seen he's changed. I'll just clarify the changes real quick. Gone from plus one to cast a plus two flat. Uh, but now he's got 18 wounds, which means he can't go on a Bailwind, so that reduces his wounds. Uh, but specifically, uh, whenever he takes damage per phase... You roll three d six, and if the damage plus the total of the three d six exceeds eighteen wounds, he's automatically slain. So he still is able to obviously pass wounds off um, uh, to a uh, to source guard, but he now costs four thirty points as opposed to costing three twenty points. So uh, yeah, what do you two think about that, uh, Toby? I'll ask you. you. Got any thoughts?
2: I think he gets fucked now by the shooting armies, in all honesty. He still gets, I assume we can't see here whether he's a monster or not, but he doesn't have a monster profile, so I assume he's not. So you still get the minus the minus one a hit, but now he's only a four up save, whereas before he was almost always the three up because he's in the Bailwind, and then he's a two up if he wants because of his command ability. Um, now without that, because of the way that you kill him and it's per phase, I think big shooting output armies are just going to explode him. He's lost his lost is four up after save as well, um yeah, you can shrug it off to the Soros Guard, but you know you take one turn, shoot off the Saurus Guard, next turn shoot off Croak, he's done, he's dead. Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. he's in a better place. Like he has he looks like he's got more on the war scroll at first glance for me. Um his casting value's gone up, but I think that's in response to AOS three. Um at the moment you can get him up to plus three to cast, right?
0: Yeah, he's got plus two on his war now, as opposed to plus one. Yeah, and then, uh, and then you've got the one. constellation, and then you've also got the uh, astro. Um, yeah, so it gives you plus one, so you can have him on plus four now.
2: Yeah, you can have him on plus four now. The thing is, with the modifiers being changed, is that a move oh, in the direction to keep him think, on I a I plus three? Yeah. yeah, I don't. Think I don't know dangerous. if it works for spells, but yeah. It, it, either way, I think he explodes the shooting armies now. I think getting a combat army into him is going to be very difficult. I think. Doing enough output in a hero phase is going to be very difficult. Mm. Um, I think it's cool because it goes sort of back to how his war scroll originally was with how you killed Croak. Yeah. Um but I feel like there's an army, there's armies that just take him off now. Whereas before, even as a KO player, I looked at him, I played against him in the weekend and I was like, fuck, I'm not I'm not wasting my time trying to shoot him, I'll just kill some Bassies and some skinks instead, you know? Like yeah. he can sit there as a fat toad on his bow I don't care.
1: Yeah, Big Sean, you got any thoughts on it? Um, I'll, I'm just going to quote the the great Jimmy Page, Master of Cancon, Conqueror of Australia and Champion of the World. <laughs> uh, when he saw this war scroll, he says, Yeah, but can die real easy. Could die after two wounds and will likely die after eight to nine wounds. And no aftersave. Doesn't have Bailwind. Shit. Shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's I literally
1: think... coming from a supercomputer ladies and gentlemen but that's that is... but
0: that's a positive right because he wasn't good before like like for the game oh. he was great sorry in the game but he wasn't good for the game
2: yeah it was yeah. gonna get worse like he was like the Balakor war scroll right like that war scroll was so good because it was so efficient it did so many things for 240 points like croak did so many things for 320 points now was sort of you put his points up what 110 points you keep his rules basically the same make them slightly better there's no ways as efficient as he previously was it's just not possible
0: yeah uh, i mean he still generates command points which is great and like you said one of the other changes as well is uh, he knows all the spells from the slant law which makes him kind of like a mini tech list, like for cheaper different obviously different but like a nice utility piece and i think also that risk reward mechanic like with craggy like i like craggy's charge mechanic into monsters it's kind of fun themey like, I wish it was oh, cheaper. such a
2: fun destruction fucking ability, isn't it? Yeah, So right. good.
0: Yeah, like, and the fact that sometimes, like, 18% of the time it's a seven, you're fucked. And you're like, that's great. Like, I like that. And same on this. Like, he takes three wounds. You're like, lol, jokes, 3D6. You're like, fucking 18. <laughs> like, the math <mass> is wild. <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> yeah, like, and uh, I think that that's quite nice. I think it's weird that, like, we are starting to see these units who are, do have more kind of, like, swingy rules. Um, and probably by players he won't be taken, but I could still see him, like, you could just run through on the skin of your teeth, but I agree with you, the shooting um, uh, is rough, but he can still cast spells through the Troglodon, that was a build for a while, and it's still maybe a build, I'm not sure, like, he's got some pretty dominant, maybe you just don't spend all the points on him now, really, I don't know, is a lot, but it's a cheap book, everything's cheap. He
1: so. here's he some summoning shit on his War Scroll too, didn't he? Uh, no, uh, I
2: think that was, that was on the, the... Fake one, yeah. That was the fake. Oh, okay. One. Yeah. How much of a good then. play was that? Fuck, I love that.
0: I know that was fucking heavy, like putting out a fake one like, until the end. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, interesting on that one. And the last one, Alariel's War Scroll. Um, uh, from what I've seen, it seems like she's gone up to 7... 40? 740, 40? I think. Seven forty, yeah. and all she gained. She's that... gone
1: to the fucking moon. Is yeah, what she's gone, gone to the
0: moon, and all she's gained for that <laughs> yeah. is flat six damage on her spear. Um, so it's a one-shot, which is two and twos, which is kind of nice. Uh, so she's still got she's still got a heal now, but a heal was d6 in the hero phase. It's now gone to 2d6 for her. Um, and then she hasn't got a DPR save. Nothing has happened there, so no bonuses for that. So she's still just 16 wounds on a three-up um, to get taken out. Uh, and she's got retreat and charge. Not run and charge, retreat and charge, which is nice for getting out of situations. But I don't know if
2: that's no,
0: plus one to cast.
2: No what? pluses to cast, yeah. Oh, she's still so garbage. Because so there's
1: still <laughs> three spells and no and no after save?
0: Yeah, no after save, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. And gone up. like a lot of points.
0: points. And gone up points.
1: Yeah, I mean you didn't see her beforehand, I don't think you're gonna see her afterwards. Nah. Um I feel like there has to be some sort of fundamental change coming to AOS three for like god tier creatures or monsters expensive monsters you know like something something has to happen yeah
0: yeah it's whether or not those that those are worth having 16 wounds for 740 points that can just get burnt off in a turn uh yeah. is i guess is right. <laughs> That's, uh, i was really hopeful for that ask really me in hopeful. six weeks yeah yeah I, I don't know. <laughs> okay I'll, I'll, we'll come back on six weeks we'll talk about it yeah right. hey thanks to both of you for being on the show. Uh, it it's been a longer one than we normally do and i hope that's okay with you two but like it was really valuable listening to you both and talking so i loved it so thank you very much
2: no cheers rob it's been absolutely amazing being on
0: yeah it's been it's been great listening to you both honestly like i'm like super under the gun i've got to do four list reviews in under two hours now so no so not four teams worth of list reviews. so whatever the fuck that is uh, eight, 16 lists. 16. Really yeah, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's my next job. Uh, but like, I wanted to do, talk to you both. So it's been fucking brilliant. So thank you so much. Um, any sh- we've done shout outs. So that's good. So we can just go for today, if you call cool
1: that. Sorry. One last shout out. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. Shout out, Timlin, Tron Tron Yeah, Henner, shout out. Tim. Tron. Jesus Christ. I've had four beers and I can't say. Yeah. <laughs> Tubby, Tubby, you shout him out. I'm taking this off. Shout <laughs> because... out, Timmy. There's
2: so much love for Timmy.
0: Why are we loving Timmy? Talk to me about why Timmy's great. I'm cool with that. T-
2: Timmy is like the god king of New Zealand Warhammer. We would not be playing Masters if it wasn't for Timmy. We wouldn't have this community if it wasn't for Timmy. He is the fucking man. There
1: we go. All right, perfect. And congratulations. <laughs> yeah, when, when the world blew up, he picked it up and got everyone into it. So that was that was the short of it. The very very short of it. He's done a lot, but no, nah, shout out to him. Yeah, good.
0: Oh, well, shout out to you, Sean, for being the champ. I think if you're a champ of New Zealand, you're a champ of New Zealand and Australia. I'm not sure how that works, but like, like I need to, need to double well, check. Well, it's funny you say that,
1: Rob, but I do have the, <laughs> the championship trophy from Australia and New Zealand. Oh, and was this a team championship trophy too? <laughs> Holy fuck, it's like I was prepared for that.
0: <laughs> right it's been lovely talking to you both thanks twitch chat join me again at 5 p.m on the t sports network if you want to hear uh, about the list there's some spicy lists um is all i'm gonna say uh so looking forward to that uh, will gargantz make a return fuck i hope not uh but let's see. <laughs> see you guys soon have a nice day and goodbye